BCA and those passages. Thanks, Tim. Fiona, thank you for your welcome. Great to be here this morning. And, uh, um, yeah, about a year, I think, since I was, was here. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, what I wanted to do is just with the next slide. Here we go. We got that one there. I think that's right. Yeah. A uh, bit of a visual um, to get to know, pray, give, go with Bush Church Aid. And uh, as a church, it's, I've been a long-time supporter. I, I suspect I'm here among uh, friends and people who are quite familiar with the ministry. Uh, some 104 years ago, a, a number of um, lay Christians and clergy got together like yourself uh, over in Sydney, realising God was bringing the nations to Australia. They were settling further and further uh, afield, um, looking for life um, and uh, they're just really convicted as Christians that every person, every man, woman and child who was already in this country but whom God was bringing to this country um, wanted to give them the opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus, uh, understand, respond and believe. Um, so, And that, that mission continues to basically send and support people to go the distance uh, to make Christ known to those people and communities um, who have no gospel witness or very little in their midst. So uh, just a little bit of a rundown. As Tim introduced, I'm the Regional Officer of South Australia and Northern Territory, so just a small patch. Um, I should say, do we have any people who like numbers here, accountants or people? Great, love numbers. Well, the first number you are to remember is 7 million. 7 million. Over 7 million people now live outside of our capital cities. That makes, I call it the country city, the biggest in Australia, the biggest mission field in Australia. Um, and I use that number because it helps you to wrap your mind around that that's about a one and a half times the size of a Melbourne or Sydney. That's a lot of people. Somewhere, and wherever you go in Australia now, uh, the people who make up these communities, uh, the nationalities, they represent between 50 and 100 different ancestries or nationalities. Very multicultural uh, as well. But just as we start down the right-hand corner, feel free to uh, d open your bags and pull out your bags. These prayer notes are probably the thing to pull out if you'd like to. And the numbers on the pictures will take you to the page where you'll find um, the person to pray for. There's a map in the middle, show, like that map, shows you where everyone is. Over 45 different workers out there now. But just to give you a little glimpse of um, some of the, the things that God's doing through your prayer and your partnership um, down the bottom, we're, we've um, secured funding working with the, uh, the Diocese of the Murray in time to, to start a new church at Murray Bridge to reach families and young people up there. So um, it's, it's a, a fast-growing region. Uh, once was very Anglo, is now very multicultural as well. Jack and Lil Harradine are coming to join the Aboriginal Brian Church community down there at Cheltenham, funded by BCA, to be evangelists to the whole state, to go into all of the First Nations communities in South Australia uh, to uh, share the good news. But in particular, the Holy Spirit's doing a beautiful work among a number of uh, First Nations communities with numbers of young people becoming Christian. But there's no one there to sort of catch them and help establish them in Christ and, and, and to, to grow um, and for your encouragement, there's a couple of young men that are heading off to Bible college. One's halfway through Ridley. Uh, someone's just headed over to do a youth works sort of a ministry degree uh, in New South Wales. But it's just uh, beautiful what God is doing. And um, 
then you've got Kangaroo Island. Of course, you've got a long association with Kangaroo Island, and thank you for that. Um, and BCA is continuing to support that along with the diocese and pray, particularly as the diocese looks at rejigging, um, I guess, some of the infrastructure at KI to make it a really fantastic place for young families to come uh, and set up and, and actually do ministry to the 4,500 people who live over there. Further up the Stewart Highway, you get to um, Roxby Downs. We'll, we'll finish with Roxby, but Cooper Pedy, have you been to Cooper Pedy? If not, it's worth a road trip up to Cuba. Um, the uh, iconic BCA Underground Church on BCA Road, easy to find. There's only two buildings on BCA Road. So, um, But um, it's been humbling to discover since I've been in the role um, that uh, for about seven months of the year, up to 50 people a day visit the church to hear the story of the church. Um, and... The, the locums that are currently there, it's, it's, uh, we're supporting locums who are there for four to eight weeks at a time. Um, they, they not only share the story of the church, but share the good news of Jesus and are given a gospel or literature to take away. Uh, you can do the math on that. That is a lot of people every year hearing the good news of Jesus. I think it makes Cooper Pedy one of the more effective evangelistic ministries um, uh, connecting with, uh, with Aussies on the move. So in Alice Springs there, you see the Halliburtons. Um, they're one of two families. We've got another family that are about to start at the Christchurch Cathedral uh, in Darwin. We're funding two ministry training positions uh, for uh, people to come out of Bible college to go straight into a, a rural position and be trained um, about the culture, but also how do you run and lead and grow uh, ministry um, in regional rural Australia. Naomi is uh, the Northern Territory um, children's worker up there, especially spends 80% of time going into Indigenous communities to um, train up kids and especially adults to make disciples of their kids in community, um, which is a, a great ministry as well. For your encouragement, we've got two new positions that are starting, just been announced at Northern Territory because of your prayer and support. Um, so Kylie and Matt Garrett are starting with Scripture Union uh, to coordinate all of the school's ministry up there. And um, the schools are still very open to people and wanting Christians to come in and do Christian option programs and things like that in the schools. So um, pray as they get established up there. And then about to be announced, so don't say anything, it's not yet public, but um, Natalie uh, is coming on three days a week um, working with the diocese, particularly to work with families in the area of domestic abuse and, uh, and pastoral support in that space uh, as well. So a number of great ministries going on up there. And Nungminya College is a ministry where we support a number of workers uh, and, and we've actually just taken on another one at Nungminya. It exists for one reason. It's, if you ever get the chance to visit, they have chapel every morning. It is such an encouraging visit where any First Nations person gets flown in and accommodated by the federal government and then Christians like you and I pay for the Christian staff there where they come in and they get taught the gospel, they do foundations courses in Christian living and go on and do biblical literacy uh, certificates, certs three and four and um, then they go back to their own communities um, and in their own heart language they, they're like the Jesus person where they can pass to their own people in the good news of Jesus. There's over 180 different uh, First Nations peoples in Australia, over 3,000 different languages and dialects. And um, to give you a little taste 
of what um, chapel is like and a little taste of what heaven's going to be like with all the nations gathered singing and praying Jesus. Here is a little short video of chapel. Thought maybe the last song we could all get up and just dance a little jig. Should we do that, Tim? What do you think? We just, yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Neville and Kath Naden are full-time um, Indigenous ministry workers. They've got a real passion for equipping Christians and churches and gospel workers in Australia uh, in Indigenous cultural um, awareness. And so they, they, we fund training events. And uh, Neville and Kathy uh, next year in March. Uh, we'll send the advertising out, so March 20 to 24th. We'll be running numbers of Bible and Bush events with them and also um, Ruth and Lee Walton from the Linear sharing uh, about the work, especially among First Nations peoples in Australia. Um, and uh, I promise you it'll be an entertaining time So uh, uh, with them coming as well. So stay tuned with that uh, for next year. A new initiative this year that will be piloted um, next year is uh, called BCA on Track. Some 20 to 25% of Christian uni students that graduate go to live and work in uh, country locations. Many of them, it's like crossing into a new culture. They've never left the city. So we're um, starting a new ministry to be like a workplace provider for the country to help people transition um, and get together in online cohorts uh, every week uh, where they can pray, support each other, but also get um, people coming in and offering training and seminars for them to help the transition world and to actually be, um, I guess, a bit like tent maker missionaries really, to be salt and light for their communities uh, for Jesus. So um, uh, you'll be able to follow all that news online as well. But as we um, finish, just give you a glimpse, go a little bit deeper. There's many mining communities in Australia. BCA's had a long history of sending and supporting gospel workers into mining communities. Um, people go to work in mining communities often um, to make a lot of money quickly, thinking that's the answer that's going to bring happiness. They only need to find out it doesn't. And uh, there's a lot of fracture, a lot of brokenness in these communities. And so really vital to have a gospel witness there. But they're also some of the most multicultural uh, communities in Australia. Uh, Glenn and Beth have been there three and a half years from their five kids. And last year we, we launched... Um, a mission uh, to Roxby where youth and uni students or young adults could go up for 10 days and run, run kids um, outreach uh, and youth outreach um, during the school holidays. 25% of Roxby Downs is under the age of 11. About 4,500 people. A lot of young people, a lot of young families up there and um, everything closes down during school holidays. Mum and dad still have to still do their 12-hour shifts in the mines. And, and so it's, it's great to go up there. And uh, was up there this year again. And uh, this little video talks about just how vital the partnership is. Um, there was a team of 20 went up this year from seven different churches. Um, in fact, someone from uh, St Matt's Nord went up, Mitch Fricker, preached his first sermon uh, as well. So, but to talk a bit about that, here is Glenn. We're so excited to be partnering with Bush Church, a uh, 
Now, I'm sorry if that's made you hungry for lunch. It's got my tummy rumbling, so... Uh, um, but, yeah, it's good. This next video is... Um, here is... There was 23 kids that came across the three days to the Christian Option Program. You can see how multicultural the kids are. Uh, there's only two kids in the room who'd been to church before. They were the pastor's kids. Um, and... Um, just some great stories. So you've got just down the front here in the grey hoodie, that's Yumchi. I met him last year. Mum and Dad and Yumchi just immigrated out um, from uh, Hong Kong and uh, hardly speak English. Um, they come to Roxby straight from Hong Kong. That, that, so that's their experience of Australia, is Roxby Downs. Um, back this year, English is a lot better. Yumchi's there um, to learn more about Jesus. Now, of course, Mum and Dad and Yumchi have come out looking for life and a fresh start. Uh, but we know that God's brought them out so they can meet Jesus. And uh, here's a little video of what the kids were learning, and it's just, it was so beautiful to see them all uh, singing and praising Jesus. goes on um so look uh, it's just a glimpse a little of what god's doing around in many places but there's so many communities that uh yeah have no one there to witness them about jesus as well so uh um for over 100 years uh, just to say thank you for your prayer for your your partnership and uh helping to give the greatest gift which is um the good news of jesus uh, in people's own heart language there's a qr code here for those of you who've gotten used to using qr codes with COVID. you know you're fine takes you to a website you can find out more um the invitation is to sign up and and to be a supporter and the thing we'd love uh most uh is captured in this next video it's my grandson learning to pray before he eats sorry here we go Someone is learning to eat, as Ari, he, he thought it was important to stop five times while you ate and more pray. So that's avocado all over his face. So uh, I'm sure that's none of us at home. But I'm not, I don't know about you, we can all do with more prayer. And that's the thing that uh, really is, is the heart and soul of BCA. The field staff just know that they are upheld by prayer, love getting the texts, the emails, and that's what we value most. For those who are giving or would like to, to perhaps consider giving as of last year every dollar um, that you give 100 percent goes to the to the battle lines to the front lines to to send and support more field staff uh, out there um, over 20 years of shrewd investing and uh, and governance has meant that now all property all administrative costs are paid for out of other means so um, which is off the back of again of general bequests and those things as well so for your encouragement um, and i think this year we were able to send out seven more uh, gospel workers. We would love to obviously send out a lot more uh, in years to come. So, um, so that's it. Uh, thanks for your uh, um, yeah, partnership. And I guess that's a little bit about yeah, the who, the what, what God's doing. Uh, and, and, uh, but I guess the, the why of BCA, the mission, those beautiful passages that were read out by Tim catch the heart of why it's so vital um, that we... Uh, I guess, continue to be busy in our own backyards here in our own suburbs, but also 
that we might um, continue to keep an eye to the nations um, in, 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 uh, in regional remote Australia. I spent a few minutes um, just looking at that uh, reading we had from Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 11, um, and that is a, uh, that's a beautiful, uh, beautiful graphic. Now, um, we'll see how you guys go. Um, the crowd this morning, yeah, okay, but I think you guys can do better. Um, so, we're thinking about the theme of peace, and that got me thinking about a certain musician that may be familiar to you. Um, so Stephen Dimitri Giorgio was born in London in 1948. At the age of 18, he changed his name to? Yeah, yeah. Cat Stevens. Anyone, anyone grow up with a cat? Cat Stephen, listening to his music? Um, don't know your favourite songs are, but of course, um, one of my favourites, he's a post-World War II baby, lived through Korean and Vietnam wars, including the Cold War, the fear of nuclear holocaust, and that shaped profoundly the music for his generation. I mean, the lyrics are timeless. I wonder if you know this one. You've got to sing along. All right? I've been dreaming lately, dreaming about the world as one, and I believe it could be someday it's going to come. Because out of the edge of darkness there rides a peace train. A peace train, take this country, come take me home again. Sorry, very out of tune. Very out of tune. But... Um, his lyrics captured what the gener- his generation was feeling, what they were looking for. Um, it got me thinking about what we see and feel looking at our own, on our own world at the moment. We've got a war in Ukraine that's, that's disrupting things. We have old and new wannabe superpowers that are posturing in our own backyard. Um, read an article only yesterday in The Australian suggesting that we're at the, at, on the verge of a new nuclear arms race. How does that make you feel? Closer to home... COVID's continuing to disrupt, as we've already heard this morning. Livelihoods are being lost with unprecedented floodwaters coming down the Murray. Um, You've got unprecedented levels of anxiety, of depression, um, identity confusion among our young people. How are you feeling? What are you feeling as another Christmas nears? I think every generation, that that word peace, it gets bandied around, doesn't it? We long for it in our lives, whatever that is. We search for it, we sing about it, we even vote for it. And that reading from Isaiah reminds us that the God we meet in Scripture is God the peacemaker. Um, That his whole project from beginning to end is about bringing peace to an unpeaced world, isn't it? Um, and uh, it's about remaking um, our anxious, combative, divided world into a new heavens and earth, a world of peace. Of course, the story of Scripture, uh, you know, God creates the world, the world gets lost, uh, and God seeks to reconcile humanity and recreate a new heavens and earth. And his, um, God the peacemaker, his strategy to end the troubles and calamities and make peace is by sending his peace king. And it's by this peace king's death on a cross at Calvary outside of Jerusalem uh, for the forgiveness of sins. That that's God's strategy for bringing peace to us individually, but also to our communities, our countries. Now, of course, Isaiah's word comes to us 700 years before Jesus turns up. Uh, that um, gets picked up in Matthew chapter 3, isn't it? But the first thing we heard 
uh, about the resume of God's peace king there from Isaiah 11 is that a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. Um, The fact that there is a stump with new shoots uh, reminds us that with God, even though it looks like this is it, there's no future, uh, there's always the hope of forgiveness and a fresh start with God. That this shoot or peace king is of Jesse, of the son of David. Um, He's born in history um, and it's all part of God's eternal plan of reconciliation. He's born a real human saviour in real history for a real humanity whose relationship status with God is described as like a dead stump, non-existent. While Bethlehem is the place God's peace train sort of leaves the station, the destination in all four Gospels, of course, is a cross at Calvary outside Jerusalem. And the point I think Isaiah is trying to make here is that God's promised peace king, here is the ultimate leader, that we've been looking for, without flaw, without sin, beautiful, majestic, glorious. Not only that, we're told that God's peace king, when he arrives, that he would be equipped, thoroughly equipped, to bring peace to our world. So verses 2 and 3, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom, of understanding, the spirit of counsel and power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, all these qualities are about a leader who's equipped to make right judgments, right judgments about people, to bring just justice. Qualities needed to see through the facades, the deceptions of people and their power and their position, to reveal the true state of affairs, not just in the world but in our own lives. I find that quite sobering. You look in the mirror, what do you see? Well, Jesus sees everything acutely. In fact, I've never been in a church with such high-definition graphics made. Can I say? The TV thing is really uh, doing it for me. Um, But that's a bit like what we're being told here about this leader. Won't be able to dodge the truth with him. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he'll judge the needy. With justice he'll give decisions for the poor of the earth. Here is a leader, a peace king. He's not going to be swayed by popular vote or opinion polls. And of course, Jesus turned up and he didn't do things to be liked or accepted or even to avoid suffering. In fact, many of the things Jesus said and did brought conflict and suffering. It took him to his cross, didn't it? And as we heard in John, uh, with John the Baptist in Matthew 3, beginning with him and with with Jesus, that the hypocrites, the people behaving badly, God's own people, they were called out publicly. Um, But not called out and said, well, that's it. But no, no, called out so that they were given the opportunity to actually for a fresh start, for forgiveness, to turn towards God, that word repent, to believe in the one God had sent. And then Tim mentioned this at the beginning, what sort of peace dividend will God's peace king bring? Like, is it worth it? And that beautiful, beautiful picture, there's nothing quite like it in scripture. The wolf living with the lamb, the leopard lying down with the goat, the calf and the lion, the yearling together. I mean, I grew up on a dairy farm. We, we tried keeping pets, pet sheep, you know, out in a little pen, you know. But I just remember 
coming out and, you know, the foxes getting in. They always manage to get in and, you know, seeing a sheep with their, their innards eaten out and, you know, it's horrible. But nothing like this here. The cow's going to feed with the bear. The young will lie down together. The lion eating straw with the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. I will not harm nor destroy it all on my holy mountain for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Can we imagine a day like that? Two brief observations from this passage. The first is it's all about reconciliation, isn't it? It's a portrait of the most vulnerable, peacefully dwelling alongside the most violent and destructive. Predator and prey reconcile the powerful and powerless on a level playing field. Beautiful, beautiful picture describing reconciliation between enemies, between a people, a family, a community. No division, no hate or revenge. And this can only be because God himself has come and healed the hate. He's healed what's needed healing in our own hearts to bring this reconciliation between rebel humanity and God and among ourselves. Which is why in so many places in the New Testament, here's one from Colossians 1, we read, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven. How? By making peace by the blood of Jesus' cross. God the peacemaker's strategy, it's his son's death on a cross. The Christmas child is God's peace king for us and he brings peace not in a cradle but at his cross. And that vision we heard, it is breathtaking, isn't it? To reconcile all things. I mean, I find it hard enough just thinking, how would I go about reconciling one relationship with one person <laughs> like that I'm, you know, out of step with? But reconcile all things. And because it's there in history that God has not only put our sin out of the way forever, he's disarmed, we're told, all the supernatural forces of evil. He's broken down the wall of hostility between Jew and Gentile to actually begin to create by faith in Jesus a brand new humanity who right now can begin to enjoy this, this peace with God. Which brings us to that second observation from these verses that the word that the Bible uses in the New Testament is peace but it's, it's translated from the word shalom in the Hebrew in the Old Testament. Now peace in scripture as it was in Greece literature was often reduced to the absence of strife or war um, of course, today we say, you know, peace, it's all about that psychological calm, which is good to have, but it's actually not what's on view here. The word peace, the, the word shalom, of course, it's, it's, it's the idea of an utterly flourishing life in a flourishing world. It's, it's positive, enjoying life before God, with God, with God's people, enjoying the physical surroundings of our world, a world that's not decaying or passing away. In an article um, a mate of mine wrote called The Bible and Human Flourishing, uh, he wrote this, that we cannot isolate what is good for me and, the, and our web of relationships that we belong to and the responsibilities I have because of them. That is, life is lived always in relationship with God, with each other and with God's world. The biblical vision for human flourishing then 
is of a truly wonderful state of affairs where people's needs are being met, their gifts are being used for the good of others, and they are enjoying the fullness of life with God and each other and the rest of the created world. Now, we get little glimpses of this sometimes, don't we? But it's, it's not yet. But it's what's coming when, with Jesus' return, which is why it's so good to be in this season of Advent. The cross is God, the peacemaker, remaking not just a broken humanity, but remaking a broken world. It's beautiful. It's like the father who woke up um, one Saturday morning to read The Australian, as he usually did. He's up, he's there with his coffee at 6am, but unexpectedly his five-year-old daughter wanders down the stairs. She's not meant to be up for another hour. He really wants to read his newspaper. So he, on the page he sees a, a big sort of um, advert, like a, a world, so he tears the page out, gets the scissors and he cuts it up into all these pieces. Sends the daughter off into the room next door to sort of to put it all back together, you know, gives, gives a sticky tape. Anyway, ten minutes later she's back. Dad, I've done. Holds it up and sure enough she's put the world back together. It's like, how did you do that? Oh, well, it was easy because on the back there's this man and I worked out if I make the man right, I'll make the world right. And friends, with Jesus, God has made the man right. He's made he's a beautiful, perfect saviour. And so it's in him that God, he is making the world right. And, and you're here this morning as living proof of that. One by one, God is making the world right. His name is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. This broken world that's cut up by sin and evil, it is being remade one individual at a time. As people hear and believe the good news about God's perfect man, Jesus and that they get on board God's peace train which is a person you get on board by by turning and putting your trust in him and that's what's happening and it's beautiful that that it is happening so uh, I was up at Roxby with the mission team for three days and um, I was at the Roxby Downs pub having a snitty with a number of people from church there and uh, I met B. B is a very uh, soon-to-be young mum still in her teens and um, from her first breath, uh, she's had a lot of challenges in life. Even before she was born, her mum didn't want her. So she was born and her mum left the hospital, that's it, never to be seen again. So she was raised by her dad. Uh, she's been raised in Roxby. Her dad works in the mines and um, uh, it, it's been tough. But she shared um, that here she is now, that she... Uh, is, is pregnant she was in a relationship uh, when the man who got her pregnant found out uh, he did a runner as well <laughs> um, but she's determined to bring this little baby into the world and there she was on a Sunday morning walking around Roxby as people do uh, lost and and feeling pretty you know um, yeah the future looked pretty bleak heard noise and singing uh, in this Roxby church that she's walked past before but this morning she decided to walk in and she did and she was welcomed straight away. She stayed. Um, she met Gemma, another young mum there, with three little kids. And at the end, Gemma invited her over to their place and then said, oh, look, there is a new mum's group in the town. Let me take you along to that. She did. Um, she asked if she'd like to actually um, come to their midweek group where they actually you know, look at the Bible together. And she has been doing that for six months. And so there's B going along 
learning about Jesus, going to church on Sundays, um, learning about God's love, not just for her, but for her baby that's about to be born, that she's not alone, that she's loved, her baby's loved. And she's experiencing that through the community of the church. Anyway, then I turned to Gemma, who was there as well, and she shared her story. She said, well, actually, I've only been a Christian for 18 months. Uh, I've ended up in Roxby, not because I wanted to, but because my husband, Loki, who's came out from South Africa 15 years earlier, uh, he's working in the mines. Um, three little kids, and she was juggling them there. Loki was stuck at work still. She said, I became aware 18 months ago that increasingly I was feeling really anxious, like really anxious, um, about myself, about the future of my kids. This life was out of control. And um, anyway, every morning uh, she'd take the kids along to the Roxby Hub. Um, And it was just the usual morning there at the Roxby Hub. And then this lady, Beth, walked in. She'd never seen her before. And Beth, uh, the wife of Glenn McDonald, who passed as Roxby Community Church, she she said, I don't know why I even went there that morning. I never go into the, the hub. But I did, and I met Gemma, and she spilled her heart out to Beth about how she was feeling and how hard life was for her. Beth again invited her for a cuppa and said, why don't you come to church on Sunday? She goes home to Loki and says, oh, we're going to church on Sunday. I said, what? You know, no history of Jesus, no history of church. And um, they go along and, again, welcomed, loved. And, and she said, even by the end of that first Sunday, she describes feeling a sense of peace. Um, and they kept going back kept going back and Beth said well let's meet up every week and let's read through the Bible so they read through the Gospels and again five months later she's becoming a Christian and here she is 18 months down the track uh, hosting one of the two Bible study groups in her own home Loki who used to go to church in South Africa hadn't actually got back into church in Australia yet he is loving being back in church Um, and uh, they're running one of the two Bible study groups B's going along so you can see how it works. Here we are praying and supporting, sending the McDonald's to Roxby. Beth meets Gemma, leads her to Christ. Now Gemma has met B. She's leading her to Christ. It's just such a beautiful story, isn't it? But friends, this is how God is remaking his broken world, one by one. One by one. Pretty ordinary, isn't it? But the most amazing, beautiful miracles going on every day. Beautiful stories. I hope you're encouraged. Encourage the difference your prayers and financial giving is making and can make in sending and supporting people like Ben and Glass to more communities. There's hundreds of them. No one there to tell them about Jesus. Beautiful stories. And I met, I think, is it Jill, Tim? So she walked up to me at the end of the first service and she says, oh, that's my story. I lived at Cooper Pedy. I wasn't a Christian. And someone, just like Beth, came and actually shared Jesus with me. She became a Christian at Cooper Pedy. I said, make sure she tells her story sometime here uh, at church. But um, this is how God works. And uh, I hope you're encouraged, but I thought I might finish in praying uh, for us this morning. Merciful Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Um, for your amazing grace to each of us. We sit here, um, well, like that burnt-out stump in Isaiah, you know, we're not deserving at all of your grace and your kindness and your forgiveness, but yet here we sit because of your grace, 
because someone has bothered to share the good news of Jesus with us. Thank you for your people here. May they continue to know the joy of uh, speaking out for you. Give them all of us opportunities in these coming weeks uh, to talk to people, to give a reason for the hope that we have. Use us, we pray, to do a best, to do a gemma, to actually assault the gospel into people's lives. And may your people here continue to know the joy of generously partnering to make Jesus known in regional, rural and remote Australia as well, Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, John, so much to be uh, encouraged by, but also aware of this ongoing ministry that is uh, not so distant from our own um, neighbourhoods and sphere.